You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Benjamin Chapman. Hi, I'm Ben, and we are here to remind you that Rene Russo was in the Thor movie, and apparently we all forgot about that. There was a lot of people in this movie that I was like, oh yeah, I forgot they were in this. Like, it was almost like each time a new character arrived, it was like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really surprising. I mean, I sort of remember that, like, Aegis Elba and... I totally forgot Anthony Hopkins was Thor. I don't know how, but I, I did. Remember, I, I think everybody remembers Idris Elba because everybody was so offended by it. Oh, I remember that. Like, that weird yeah, thing where it's were like, like, I can't believe you made mythical, non-existent beings a different race. Like, Norse mythology is a purely white heritage. And I'm like, it's not a heritage, you fucking ass. Well, what I love is just like the idea that they're like, they're gods. It's like, well, I mean, that pretty much gives us the license to do whatever we want. They're... Not real. They're like double not real because they're based on a thing that wasn't even real. Not to mention that Hollywood is notorious for whitewashing films, and it doesn't kick up yeah. a similar amount of uh, of ire. I wonder why that I might do, be. I, <laughs> I do almost feel like the director did it, knowing people would be mad, and they were like, well, "Which god do you want to make black?" And he was like, "Oh, definitely Himdall, whose epitaph in Norse mythology is the whitest god." I don't know why that's his epitaph. <laughs> name i saw it was like it's like wow man i think this guy really is trolling people and they don't even realize it was he just like at a party and just really clumsily dancing and they're like boy i was like, I was like what a weird like Hemdall. like you know like odin's like you know they call him like the the gallows god and the god you know he has like all these cool ones and there's like what are you and he's like i'm pretty white I'm really into like the stock market and import beers hemdall stop listening to npr and 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 just get your board shorts on and let's fucking we gotta go we gotta go hemdall i mean it, i just when i heard that i was like i was like Ooh, that's brilliant but yeah when when uh renee russo showed up i was like oh my god one i forgot renee russo was a person I and think, then i was like oh yeah i think renee russo forgot she was i think she forgot she was in this movie i think she was you know, in her trailer, and someone's like, come on, you're on, you're on next. I'm like, I'm on next for what? You're in yeah. Thor. I'm in Thor? <laughs> what are you am talking I... about? You guys are just recording next to my house. And they're like, nah, still. Am I in Thor? Am I Thor? <laughs> What's going on now? Why am I putting on this stupid outfit? <laughs> Do I have any good lines? No. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't. Who's my husband? Anthony Hopkins. Not sure how to feel about that hmm. one. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so in case you guys forgot, we watched Thor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Has that been made clear? Um, a movie which is jam-packed of, like, actors you remember from other things. Yeah, a movie that was really just not Chris Hemsworth my time. Uh, I, I will say this. I didn't. I, I don't think I like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. The, the thing is, is it, individually bucketed performances I had no problem with. I thought Chris Hemsworth was entertaining I do recall genuinely laughing at this movie. Like, when I talk about it, I, I recall comedic bits from it that I thought were funny. Most of them were in the first half, but I recall, I recall being amused by this movie. Um, and I like Aegis Elba. I, 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 I weirdly like um, Stellan Skarsgård doing doing something. I don't know why I find Everybody his character... Everybody loves Stellan. <laughs> I don't know why I find his character endearing. I mean, Kat Dennings wasn't, too, wasn't like, a, a problem or anything. I don't think she, like, yeah. stood out, but... Which, in this movie, though, it just reminds me to be like, wow, 
that show you were in is so terrible. That's all I could think. Every yeah. time she appeared, the two broke girls, I'm just like, how could you be like a normal actor and be in such a terrible show? Which is a shame because the two things that I know her from off the top of my head are this and uh, a 40-year-old version where she plays like the daughter uh, yeah. of, of the girl. that and, and she's a music. She's great in both. So I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway, um, so individual performances in this movie are good to great. No one really blows it, in my opinion. Um, I do. I did make a note, and we'll get to it, that the uh, that the Warriors three plus a woman. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean that whole thing is. They wreck. were the weakest, I would say, and not because any individual person fucked it up, but because their characters were just barely written into this script. Um, I mean, here's the thing: if you take the Warriors three out of the movie. The movie is still the exact same. Yeah, it, it has, just cuts out five minutes of boring scenes. You, you don't nailed care it. About. That's absolutely what it is. They are totally disposable in this script and in this story. And the only thing they do that's important is to tell them that Odin is still alive. Yeah, and that could have been delivered in any number of other ways. And they don't have a predominantly featured moment in any fight. Like they don't no. turn the fate of any of the fights. They don't offer any specific guidance. Or clarity to the protagonist's quest. They... They're also not like well beloved characters. Like I mean, like right. from the Thor comic, but it's not like people when they're like Thor. Yeah, you gotta have the Warriors three. It's like not really. Right. You know, it, it, they're not like the Bucky Barnes to Thor. Yeah, you know I mean, they're not <laughs> yeah. like an integral character. Yeah. They're just background. And they're like Disney cartoon characters in the comic. Like the the one dude is always eating is like he looks like a balloon. It is. I mean, a... He's like such a character. It in is the also to me, just fucking blows that Volstag is just a, like, uh, tall Gimli from Lord of the Rings. He has none of that trademark. Because Volstag in the comics is, yeah, he's like a big, burly dude, but he kind of emulates that, like, Norse god or, like, whatever uh, god of, like, revelry and wine. And he's wise a bit in the comic. He offers sort of a, a stable like background for him in a lot of the comics that he's in, as well as some comedic relief. He doesn't have even an iota of that in this film. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean a he shame. Is... Anyway, yeah, let's um they are a train wreck. I mean let's uh l- let's get in this uh oh, oh actually before we start, I think this is probably a good time to bring it up. Um in my research for some of the background of this film, I found two reviews, two negative reviews, because there are, I'd say, a pretty even cut of good to bad reviews, maybe even more on the good side. I think the thing has a Metacritic score in the 70s, so it's not considered to be a, a flop. Um, but my two favorite uh, little snippets is uh, uh, Roger Ebert reviewed it, um, and he says, the director given this project, Kenneth Brong, uh, once obtained funding for a magnificent 70 millimeter version of Hamlet, which is true, it's one of the more things he's known for. Uh, now he makes Thor. I wonder with a dread of fear if someone in Hollywood stuck with a movie about a Norse god said, hey, get Brom. He gets Shakespeare shit. <laughs> that, is a, that is a great quote and also very confusing. Yeah, yeah. Thor has nothing to do with Shakespeare. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes I think have like a Shakespeare like a um, little bit of vibe. Uh, specifically the uh, Odin-Loki, like, you're not my son reveal is very Shakespeare-ish. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, you know, it's just like sort of but, an odd thing to be like, 
that would be the connection is like Thor and Shakespeare. It's like, well, he didn't write a play about Thor. But that's that's a direct quote, by the way. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty. Great. That's actually the final line of the of the entire review. Um, the other is a really short one from, which I thought was less funny but more apt, from uh, New York Times review at the time when it came out. It said, Thor, uh, well, in it, preceding the sentence, he, he clarifies that Thor isn't a disaster, it isn't a mess, it's not necessarily a bad movie, but Thor is an example of the program triumph of commercial calculation over vivid imagination. Wow. I thought that was pretty good. Because it really did, did qualify how I felt about this movie after finishing it, was that um, nothing totally blows about this movie, but it feels so soulless. Like, it feels so it, devoid of, like, you know, besides some good comedy and a couple of big visuals, it just feels so... Uh, so the plot is really boring. Yeah. And is, is as cliche as possible. Right. You know, like, the brother's gonna kill the dad. The guy, I mean, it's just... The thing is, it's, I don't know, to me this movie was, I, I was shocked how bored I was the entire time I was watching it, where I was just like, God, I remember something happening in this film, but then I realized, I think I only ever saw this movie when it was in theaters and never saw it again. But it, I just, I don't know, I, I find Hemsworth, which I don't know how much of this is his fault, uh, the writing of Thor in the beginning of this movie, he is so unlikable, and he never really does anything to make up for how unlikable he was, that by the end of the movie I'm still just like, I don't like you. You're yeah. a dickbag. You, you basically got your entire country into a war where people will die because you're like a little whiny bitch. Like you're just a child, and like I'm supposed to like be feel for this character. He's such a dick. It's insane. Yeah, he's. They're trying to. They're trying to give you that brash, uh, overbearing sense of a character, but they instead, in my opinion, get more of like like a petulant child, which. In a way, it works for what they need to do to give you Thor before he is banished. But, um, you know, in the comics, this is actually this this idea of Thor being banished to Earth is the kind of core plot of the original Thor before there was a independent Thor comic. Um, yeah. Which I when was really he was the doctor, sort of, that had amnesia and didn't know he was Thor. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so it's a weird backstory, guys. Before we get into that. Uh, this is actually a great segue to the, the thing we always do when we start a new franchise, especially in a, a beloved one like uh, a character like Thor. Um, uh, Pokes, I think we've maybe discussed this once before, but what is your you know uh, connection to the Thor uh, character from the comics? I mean, are you a big Thor reader? Has he just been in a couple of things that you've read? Um, I mean, I, he's been in... I, I've read like a lot of older Avengers stuff, so he's in there all the time. I've read... You know, I, I wouldn't say a lot, maybe a handful of his older stories. And uh, I did read uh, like the, a good portion of the beginning of the Marvel Now series where they did a great run um, where there was a guy who was killing all the gods in the Marvel Universe. And it was like a story where it was Thor through three periods in his life, like when he was a young, petulant god, Thor as an Avenger, and then Allfather Thor, where he's taken over for Odin. And he has, like, a destroyer arm. And that's pretty great. But outside of that, I mean, I, I've never really, like, sought out Thor comics to read other than just the stuff I had available because, you know, my uncles, I inherited all their old comics from when they were kids. So I have a wide variety of old, like, 60s and 70s comics. Yeah, for me, as always, I read a, a, a handful of really ancient original Thor comics. Not the Journey to Mystery stuff, but, like, the uh, the original, like, Thor run 
uh, back in like I don't know what would it be even at this point. Um, I assume just in the in the seventies, whenever the Thor, uh, modern Thor sort of came into um, came into being, and uh, I I really enjoyed the take on Thor for the like kind of the Ultimates franchise that ran, where he was um, sort of this this drifter between two worlds who would just sort of show up on Earth every now and then was really concerned with like the environment. Um, and they played a plot line where they, you know, tricked everyone into thinking he was just like a mad scientist. There was some really interesting takes on Thor. And then, of course, um, I consider the, the, uh, uh, the Waltz, is it, oh God, I'm forgetting his name on the top of my fucking head. Uh, the Waltz Simonson, is his name? I think that's, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if that's how you say it because I'm <laughs> terrible at pronouncing names, but I, that is his name. I just don't know. Yeah, Walt Simonson Thor is some of my favorite. I mean, there's shit. honestly. That's Beta Ray Bill Thor. That's, you know, yeah. that's like the classic yeah, is... 80s Thor that everyone knows. So, um, but all told, I wouldn't call him in one of my most knowledgeable characters. You know, I couldn't quote his backstory like I could uh, Spider Man or X Men, you know, stuff that's more beloved to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm. Pretty into Thor, but mostly as like a secondary character in other Marvel comics that I'm aware of. That said, I did do my research, and I gotta say, I was pretty stunned with how much um, from the Journey into Mystery uh, period of Thor's original run that is uh, directly correlated in this movie. Um, it's surprising. Uh, which yeah, I, I know they to. did the, the sort of the original, the unworthy Thor storyline, which, you know, was like I said, eventually retconned, but that sort of idea of him losing the hammer and everything, which they've, I don't know if you read Thor now, that's, although I think he fixed it, but for a long time, that was, that's why there's a female Thor is Thor is no longer worthy of his hammer again. Mm. So comics back to where they started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Thor, I think it's a 1962 journey to mystery volume 83 is where we see Thor for the first time. So there's like 80 comics in the series that aren't Thor. <laughs> They're just like that. Say, yeah. It's like, it's like that um, where Spider-Man first appears in, you know, amazing tales or whatever. Um, so it, it, Thor shows up, but he comes hugely popular. You know, they introduce the whole doctor thing and the Jane, Jane, um, uh, the Jane Foster from the movie uh, is, is is introduced as like a nurse character and a love interest later on who becomes the female Thor character now. Uh, we're introduced into the... I mean, we, we learn about Frost Giants. We learn about Loki and Odin. Odin's sleep, you know, the destroyer, the enchanted armor that uh, he fights on Earth. These are all things in the movie that were established in this original, like, 1962 to, I think, 1965 run of uh, Journey into Mystery. Uh, so pretty pretty interesting how on point they are but uh enough of that let's um let's talk about the actual movie all right here's just as an over or like an, uh, an over point you're <laughs> just gonna make a fart are... noise for like a five minutes pardon <laughs> i'm like your summary is just gonna be you making a fart noise for five minutes <laughs> yeah just here's what i thought <laughs> no here's the thing that gets me the most about this movie and it annoys me and it annoyed me when i saw it and it annoyed me when i was rewatching it why the fuck isn't he just Thor, the god? Why did they make them aliens? It makes no sense. It does not explain why they are exact, like, one-for-one one replicas of Norse mythology, but not, like, it, it, I don't know, it, it just annoyed me to no end. Wait, do they, do they firmly establish that he's an alien? They, or, they, or do they call he, him he an alien? Up. 
Because no, he brings up that he is not a god. He brings up that uh, they are just from another realm, which is a planet that's for some reason called Asgard. And the belief is in, in the movie is when they showed up on Earth, which I don't know why they ever came to Earth in the first place, but and then just left. The Vikings thought they were gods and then created uh, they must have met everyone in Asgard somehow, even characters who never leave Asgard like Hindale, who just stays in <laughs> Asgard to wait for Ragnarok. Super strange. I, I, I guess I glaze over that part in my general watching of his movie. But yeah, that is a super weird twist because the mythology elements all there tied to like history and yeah. legend, which is a and what's like what really bums me out is like. It, it does not serve any purpose to not make them the gods. And right. it does not it, – it's actually, like, harmful because it makes everything very confusing because you're like, I don't get it. Like, yeah, are it's, they gods it's, or are they not? It's not like a new take where they all look like aliens or something. Like, they're just, yeah, like, it's, godlike it's, creatures. So it's just like, why why put the like creatures? Just go with the gods part. <laughs> one of the things that's, like, frustrating is, like, they bring up their, like, the Odin sleep. It's like, okay, so is he immortal or not? Because the Odin sleep is how Odin doesn't die in the comics. He he goes to sleep and it keeps him from dying. It like rejuvenates him so he doesn't die and he has to do it every so often. Same. And it's a plot point in a bunch of comics. It's same for me. I, I get it. I sleep every night. I totally. Yeah, understand. yeah. So, but the point is then is like I, I go into movie, be, I go into bed sleep. I go into bed sleep religiously. I mean. I'm, oh yeah. Well, you do it much more, <laughs> and you're prepared. Yeah. He seems real shocked by this thing that he apparently does all the time. Yeah, it really creeps up in him. Is this such a thing as narcoleptic Odin sleep? <laughs> yeah. Just, he took some day, like some Nyquil by accident, <laughs> and just went right into Odin sleep. I messed but up the it, labels. It it bummed me like that. It just like annoyed me. And then the scene where he's trying to explain to her how space works with the uh, the world tree. It's just still. I was like. No, you can't put that in the movie if he's an alien. Why would they? Why would the aliens think there's a world tree? Like there, I get why. You know, we would think Thor was a god. Why would aliens think there's a world tree? Because it's clearly not real. And if there's only nine realms, where the fuck are all the other planets then? Because there's one of the realms is Midgard, which is Earth. So we're our own realm. <laughs> so it was just like I was like I don't get why they did it. It makes no sense. And it's just dumb. And it really annoyed me. And when I watched it again, I forgot like that he is not Thor the god. And so there's no reason for him to act the way he does. Like, why is their version of, like, the real Thor is identical to the myth? Like, that's not how it would work. You know what I mean? Like, right. our stories of, like, how Abraham Lincoln was probably aren't spot on to how he actually was. And he hasn't been dead that long. This person is, you know, it, it, like, it just doesn't make any sense. And it... I don't know, it, it annoyed the shit out of me for most of the movie. Well, um, it's really interesting that we're talking about this sort of weird alien Asgard, because strangely enough, that is not where this movie starts. This movie starts with a cold open of uh, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, the pre-existing character from the Marvel franchise, um, driving through the desert with Eric Selvig and Kathleen's character made up for the movie, Darcy Lewis. Um, she's chasing these strange sort of like uh, uh, cosmic effects that she's seeing uh, as a scientist, as, as an astrophysicist or whatever it may be. And suddenly she crashes into Thor, and then we go into Asgard for the next half hour. Yeah, it is it is crazy. One of my favorite things, though, about that opening is it's they're, like, driving, and she says she's waiting for a storm, and she says the last 17 were predictable down to the minute, 
and he says, come on, you're a scientist. You use facts. It's like, yeah, she just said she was able to prove 17 of them. That is called empirical evidence. That's just faith. That's just faith. Don't, don't go and look for things. Let them find you. That's how science works. I was like, I don't think Kura wrote this. Like, I actually know more about science than this person, and that is dangerous. The only people I know more about science than are the people the government puts in charge of it. That's a political joke. Enjoy. Uh, um, so, like you said, it goes into Asgard for an origin story that's like 30 minutes long, and then when it cuts back, I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot this movie started in the desert. Because it's so long till you get back to it that it is surprising that you just are sort of like, huh? Oh, yeah. And then they pick up, like, as if it was a five-second, like, a, a two-minute flashback. I don't I don't know if the movie gained anything from that, like, preamble. Like, I think if we started in Asgard, we learned about Thor, and then we, you know, we cut to her doing her sciencey stuff and running into Thor... I think we'd have followed that just fine. I don't think. Yeah, it's a it's a weird start, and like the the thing that makes it like really weird to me is him traveling through Bifrost is not like a thing in the comic. You know, I mean, it's not like you see in the beginning. It's an event where you're like, oh, I you know I get what's happening. This is you know the thing Thor is famous for. It's not like Thor appears as Thor. He just appears in the middle of a cloud and gets hit by a van. Yeah, if you're not... And then that's when it goes into it. I'm like, how the hell is this helpful for anyone but fans of Thor? It's it's actually a huge problem because those first moments of any movie, you know, your brain settling into the story. So first scene uh, uh, on being on Earth instead of Asgard is confusing for a movie that will take place predominantly on Asgard for at least a good half of it, especially the next half. Uh, and then introducing characters that aren't Thor and aren't protagonists, necessarily. Uh, introducing but, characters who you will forget who they are by the time they appear again because they have, like, six lines. The, the cold opens maybe three to four minutes. It's not very long. To, yeah, and absolutely. Like, well, we character names so fast that unless you know who Jane Foster is, you're not going to remember her name. And then when they just show back up, you're like, oh. And then they explain who they are. So it's not even it's not helpful at all. It's a very weird start to the movie. Yeah. Which, and to tell you how weird it is, when I started up, I was like, wait, how does this movie begin? I don't remember. I know it starts with Thor's origin, but does it just start in Asgard? I forgot the entire beginning. Yeah, I think we all did. Because when you do a fish out of water story, which is what this is, it's a classic script structure. It's a classic, you know, like comedy structure even, um, which they which they play upon a lot in the early section of the movie, which is you know, characters thrown into environment and characters that they have no relationship or understanding. It's a perfect setup. Lots of movies do it. But none of the movies start with the characters that are in the world that the protagonist is about to go to. You know what I mean? Like, in, in Coming to America, we don't go first and hang out in Brooklyn before the characters show up. We don't, you know... <laughs> yeah, either they're going to a place that is the world that the, the audience lives in. Like yeah. a movie in which the fish out of war, uh, water is going to go to the country that the movie is made in. We so don't, they don't need to set it up. We don't already start it. out of water. <laughs> or you, you want to go to the person who's the fish out of water so that the audience is experiencing the same thing they are, which is they don't understand what's going on. Right. You don't start and be like, this is the basic world they're in. Now let's back it up. Here's where Asgard is. Now we're back to this field again. It's just a weird way. They're yeah. really just throwing that fish in and out. 
before you 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 throw Martin Lawrence back into the medieval Renaissance period for the film Black Knight, you don't go hang out there for like a half hour and introduce a bunch of characters and then go back to Martin Lawrence. That's can not I how it works. I mean, I'm just sure. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah, sure. Did you come up with that reference before the podcast, or is Black Knight just your go-to? I I have definitely referenced Martin Lawrence numerous times on other podcasts. Uh, I think in every episode, actually. So just go back and listen to this. Every episode? I'm not listening back to (laughs) it. I I bet that you were going to, which is why I was able to make that bit happen. Um, No, no, I mentioned Black Knight every episode, (laughs) except for, ironically, the Dark Knight episode. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. You think someone rented the Black Knight and was really expecting a different Yeah, they were just like, oh, shit, man, they're making Bruce Wayne black in this movie. Awesome! And Martin Lawrence is back! In the Middle Ages, for some reason. This is a cool take, man. It's like, have you seen that, like, meme that's on the internet where the girl thought she was seeing Guardians of the Galaxy and it was Alien Covenant? Oh. She didn't realize it. She was mad that the fox didn't show up, which is apparently she thought Rocket Raccoon was a fox. <laughs> I love it. Um, so moving out of the film, we have obviously spent a good part of this first half in Asgard, and we're introduced to Odin. We're introduced to who I call the Forgettable Four. Um, we're introduced to. Yeah. <laughs> we're, introduced we're introduced to interchangeable warrior guys. Yep, interchangeable warrior guys. And then we're introduced to what is sort of one of, like, four enemies in this movie, antagonists, which is the Frost Giants. They're sort of supposed to be, like, the main villain, but they're not, because Thor fights um, with with uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., Thor fights the Frost Giants, Thor fights uh, Loki directly, Thor fights Odin, kind of, Thor yeah, fights... Yeah, Thor fights everyone. It's super confusing, but... The Frost Giants are introduced. Um, also, this is one of the points. Why are they called Frost Giants if they're not mythological creatures? Why aren't they just called the race from the planet they're from? Like, yeah. You would, why aren't they called, like, Frozandians or something? You know what I mean? Like, why aren't they named... Why would you call them Frost Giants? That's yeah. insane. And not like we call them Frost Giants because that's how we understand them when they showed up on our planet. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, like Thor, the people who were in a war yeah. with them. Unless it's like a racist slur. <laughs> I don't get it. And that's and like the fact that like Odin loses his eye in the battle was just something that I'm like, I don't why do all that? Why go to the effort to explain why he doesn't have an eye if you're not just gonna have it be the mythological version? Yeah, Everybody because Thor only has one or Odin only has one eye. Because Odin Odin took an eye out to gain some sort of cosmic vision or something in that effect. Yeah. That's the price he pays to drink out of the well of knowledge that's at the base of uh, the world tree. That's way cooler! (laughs) I actually, ironically, just before we decided to do Thor, uh, began listening to Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology book he wrote, which is he just wrote down a bunch of Norse myths. Yeah. I don't really get how it's a book, like, you know, it counts, but I just listened to it, so I know way too much about Norse mythology right now. I'll forget it all in six months, but <laughs> right now I know exactly what happened. He hung himself from the tree for nine days. But yeah, so I, I just don't get, like, what was the point of making him have a missing eye then? Like, the only reason to do it is because Odin has missing an eye. But why does he need... Yeah, I mean, it, it just bugged the shit out of me. I was like, why are they doing this? And then 
it felt like at the end of Doctor Strange, they're going to be like, no, 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 they're magic. And it's like, well, are they magic or are they just science? You need to tell me which one's which because Thor says it's just really fancy science that looks a lot like magic to me. Um, but what we're given here is like, as you pointed out, it's that it's a pretty classic story from the 60s comics that explains Thor's kind of dual life as both an Asgardian as a presence on Earth, because I guess that when they originally wrote this, they didn't. They kind of wanted to write it in the classic superhero like lineage, where a character has to have like a day job, <laughs> a character has to have, be oh, yeah. grounded and human. Um, otherwise, people would just wouldn't relate. Maybe I don't know. Um, they, the, the original story is insane. He's not Thor in the original story. When the story first was written, the character is not the literal Thor. He finds a stick that is Mjolnir. And when he picks it up, he gets the powers of Thor and becomes like a Thor lookalike. But it's only like years later they retcon it to say he had amnesia. Odin gave him amnesia, and so he didn't know he was actually Thor. He was just a practicing doctor. <laughs> it's the weirdest like like retcon where they're like, no, no, no. Odin made him forget who he was, but they gave him a very respectable and important job. It just seems like an odd punishment. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. You think yeah. you'd want him to be like homeless, not to be like, well, what is he? He's like, oh, he's a really good surgeon. Yeah, a bunch of character, a bunch of um, attempts to to recreate, or a bunch of like her reboots have done Donald Blake in different Doctor Donald Blake in different ways. But he's nowhere present in this. Thor is just Thor, and when he comes to Earth, he plays himself, uh, powerless, obviously, and just fumbling through human society that he doesn't understand. Now, I gotta admit, that part, that that initial fish out of water when he's out of Asgard, you know, um, I think that works. I laugh at the, you know, we, I think we all, you know, enjoyed the moments, like, with him fighting the hospital staff, uh, you know, shouting, how dare you put your hands on me, son of Odin, you know. And when he when he smashes the coffee cup at the restaurant, because he doesn't understand, when he just, like, walks into traffic, because he's, you know, all that stuff's fun. I mean, we enjoy that. <laughs> I enjoy it, at least. I enjoy the part where he goes in to get the horse. I thought that was yeah, a good joke. That's a really I good one. that one works. The pet store? Yeah. Yep. Especially the guy who the guy behind the counter with the weird, like, cat sweater and, like, uh, Bob Ross haircut. Like, oh. the big, per- the big like, yeah. afro perm. Yeah. Um, but, but even before that, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to skip over something, actually, I, I didn't mean to skip over, which is that we get... Um, in Asgard, we get that fight scene with the Frost Giants, with Loki and the Forgettable Four, um, all present in, in uh, Jolfheim? Jol- I can't remember the name of it fucking now. Uh, uh, Jotunheim. Jotunheim. Uh, and, and I guess we're supposed to think that's a fucking sick-ass fight. But it's, it's a terrible fight. It's not... I wouldn't call it terrible, but it's not great. Like, I, I You can't really tell what's going on. Yes, it's extremely dark. It's overly CGI. It's the thing I hate, which is where the background, the the ground, the the horizon. Oh, yeah, it, is, it is literally four people on a green screen. They're just like, we'll take care of the rest. I just swing a that. hammer right for a while. I never found that entertaining. When the whole environment and the villains are fake, I just I can't handle it. I find it so disorienting. But there's also some practical effects going on with um with uh, uh what's his uh, Lofi or Lofi. Um, there's some sort of like practical makeup effects on on that man, and it does. Not, oh yeah, I, it does I, not I look think, good. 
No, no, it is. They literally just painted a dude blue. Yeah, it's like it's. And like, it does not work. <laughs> and it's the kind of thing where I can still sort of see the person under it, and they've got like 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 too many physical elements from their original face. It's like it was like the swamp thing problem where it's like you could you could make out his like weird lip line <laughs> and it was just super strange, and that didn't work. And they have a lot of close-ups with with uh, uh, Laufey, and it, you know the fighting doesn't work, the dialogue doesn't mean anything to me because I don't, you know, you're not really given a lot about who these characters are or what their motivation might be. They're just sort of generic villains. Uh, every other frost giant that's not the king looks identical. They all look the same. Yeah, it's probably two actors. Right. It could be just, just like... Just <laughs> CGI'd back into the scene over and over again. So that fight doesn't have any merit. And it, people have the same complaints with the Avengers, with the monsters they threw in there at the end. But at least those were, like, on weird ships and doing things, you know? Well, at least it's broad daylight. And it's broad daylight, so you can watch it. Yeah, it's just, like, it's pointlessly dark. I, I could see what's happening. At one point in time, they cut to Thor, and he's spinning his hammer... But what he's doing is apparently spinning his hammer and, like, hitting rocks up, which is for some reason hurting these people. But the clip is, like, it cuts to it so fast that if you didn't know, like, anything about Thor, you'd just be like, what the fuck is he doing? And then it just yeah. cuts away. It and cuts you're just away. like, oh, I guess it's not that important to know. And if you look at other action scenes that work in other movies, there's a lot of, like, camera movies that follow individuals that that show a move flowing into another move, throwing into another move, characters doing powers that interact with each other in a way that makes you go, ooh, clever. You know, those things ex- at least excite that caveman brain of yours into being like, oh, that's interesting. We get none of that in this opening now, scene. This movie has probably the worst fight scenes in a Marvel movie. It does. It fucking does because the later scenes are a brief Thor-Loki fight that doesn't really work. We get uh, the guardi or the destroyer, which is supposed to just people jumping on this big slow metal thing that dies needlessly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can't really be hurt, so it's just like watching people attack like a uh, like a truck. Yeah. It's not particularly exciting. Just seeing somebody stab a piece of metal into another piece of metal and be like, huh? Uh, well, oh. What I like is that the Asgard scene ends with Thor being banished to Earth without his hammer and without his powers as an Asgardian. Um, but his hammer is thrown into the um, the Bifrost, whatever the machine is called, and it's 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 indicated as if it's being thrown into the galaxy for him to find as like an epic quest. Well, it's it looks thrown... to me like it's it's like right behind him, but yeah. then it's not. It's, it's very confusing. It's thrown t- like a mile away from where he lands. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird. It's like why did it just land right beside him? Yeah, why if, is there two different beams? If it's not meant we to haven't be, seen Bifrost work that way yet. If it's not meant to be cast across the far ends of planet Earth for him to, you know, proceed in an epic quest to find hum- humility, um, what's the fucking point? <laughs> also, uh, the exact inscription that Odin gives it is, uh, "Whoever is worthy to lift this hammer, or would he be worthy to lift this hammer, will gain the powers of Thor." Thor can't lift it, but then dies, and then gets the hammer just flies to him. So he didn't have to do anything. Well, technically, it was always going to come back to him. I, I believe, like, that's... well, no, I believe the pitch was that in his death scene later on, he commits himself to dying to somehow, or he makes a deal with Loki and then is also killed. And those acts are an attempt to, to save his friends and Earth. So that makes him good enough for the hammer. I think that's yes. the pitch. Yeah, that's the pitch. But I'm just saying 
he has to pick the hammer up. It's not just like shouldn't it have been if if it just goes to whoever's worthy. There's not one person on earth <laughs> oh, right, who's yeah. decent enough to be Thor. It I just flies to believe. Yeah, but wouldn't it be weird though? There's some guy just like helping like uh, uh like impoverished people in 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 some you know third world country and then a hammer yeah. just comes flying yeah, at him it's not like a, like a doctor who's like in doctors without borders who's like giving all of his money away to charity to try to help people and he's just like all right who's the next sick kid and the kid just explodes because yeah. he's in the middle of surgery and they're like doctor you have to give up like he's like i never give up a child always has a chance to live and it doesn't matter if i you know <laughs> hammer lands oh, in the yard. <laughs> Sir, that hammer is not going to be a better surgeon. It's just going to make you be able to fight, you know, giant metal armor pieces. Um, fight in an embodiment of cancer. No. Okay, then this is pretty much worthless. So this film gives us, I believe, what is te- technically the third film presence of Agent Coulson pri- uh, prior to his, you know, major role in. Uh, the Avengers proper. Uh, he's in like the first two Iron Man movies. Um, yeah. So he's sort of been established. People like Coulson at this point. They find him interesting because he is like the, the you know the, uh, the actor whose name I forget uh, plays his character really well with this amusing uh, mixture of like mystery and intensity and like uh, sort of like you know fake fake uh, calmness that's really just him being super you know, focused and almost... Like, yeah, it's uh, sort of like, in a way, the surrogate for the majority of the audience, which is like a nerdy dude who gets to live <laughs> his fantasy by yeah. seeing all this stuff. Yeah, and so enters the Coulson and S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, they steal Natalie Portman's equipment, um, and we're given what's the setup for the scene in which Thor breaches the compound and fights through a million guards who... Were, were not apparently issued firearms <laughs> or had taken any and i mean any self-defense forces because these they're... guys main plan seems to be to run towards him with their arms separate and away from their bodies so that their torso isn't easy one guy just walks out and looks at him until thor punches <laughs> i mean it's yeah. i don't know if the guy was hoping like a stern look would get him or what because we're we've been given indication that he's susceptible to a taser um mm-hmm. to a strong enough blow uh from just like a physical hit you know he's not he seems to be pretty strong like slightly stronger than your average person um but yeah it seems like he shouldn't be able to get as far as he gets or if he does there should be some cleverness at play like he uh i don't know he, he's able to channel a storm or some like some magic he still has or so, something is still present that allows him to be a little more than he is because if not shield is really shoddy at this point <laughs> um and then we're yeah. given um we're given a hawkeye cameo which is thoroughly needless i would say uh, it could not have been more pointless and more forgettable yeah there's like a terrible shot of a person reaching for a rifle and then they pick up a bow and then he has two lines and then he's just never seen again he hangs out and i'm like in like like a, why couldn't he have been helping Thor against the Destroyer? Yeah. Like, why couldn't he have showed up and been like, we got to help get everybody out of here. I'll try to help you. Yeah, I mean, like, because the Warriors 3 don't do anything, so Hawkeye could have just not done anything. What if S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah. What if S.H.I.E.L.D. showed up, and he showed up, and he had some prototype arrows. He thought, oh, I might, this arrow has, like, an explosive current, and it might disable it temporarily, you know. 
Yeah, it's like it's something. Like an acid, yeah. Uh, bomb yeah, yeah, that that it would work. Just, and then it would have built up more of like a relationship between the two right. when he shows up in the Avengers. But instead, it's yeah, it's just like the 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 he's just an extension. Bald headed. He's just an extension. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is like the bad guy and uh, the Winter Soldier, who's one of the evil Shield members? He has as much screen time as Hawkeye. Yeah, I mean he's just like a tertiary character. It's crazy. Um, speaking of, speaking of which, uh, did you notice the strangely placed uh, Asian in the Warriors Three? I know one of them is, but it just felt so odd because no one else in Asgard is anything but except for. That's all right. I think Kendall's the only black person you yeah. ever see. It's odd that that they are the only representatives of their. It's kind of like in Star Wars when you see like 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 people who are clearly like an Asian character, like they're definitely like representing a Japanese culture. And I'm like, but is there a Japan or is there like a whole planet or just Japanese like like humans? Like what is that? (laughs) The thing that was weird about the Asian guy in because he has a heavy Warriors Three. He has a thick accent. It's super thick. That is. Because Hindal just sounds like everybody else. You know? Right. It's not like you're like, oh, the people who aren't white are from a different plate. Like, it's just like, he's just, and he doesn't do anything to make me, I was like, I feel like I should know who this guy is. Like, he must be like uh, an actor from other movies because his voice sounded really familiar. But with like the stupid haircut they gave him, I couldn't, I didn't recognize him. But it was just like so weird, and I was just like, I don't, like, I don't care one way or the other, because I didn't think any of those three characters needed to be in the movie, or they needed to be given something to actually do. But it was very jarring that everyone else in Asgard sounds like they're in a, I guess, a Shakespeare play, really, to go back to your earlier point. Yeah. Except for him, Which... everybody else is doing like Doth, and you know, they've got like this, they're like putting on something, like some sort of affectation, and he's just like, no, fuck you. I'm not going to. And I'm just checking real quick, and there's no indication that the other nine worlds are, like, one of them is, like, a, a sort of, like, proto-Japan-like warrior world. Because, you know, if Asgard is, like, the home of, like, the Viking heritage, then presumably there could be a planet that's, like, the home of, like, the samurai heritage. You know, that would totally play. But that's not said, done, or based on any Marvel background that I'm aware of. So it's very... In the Marvel Universe, all deities are real. That's the background of the Marvel Universe. There's one major deity of the Marvel Universe, but, like, Thor's real, all of the gods from Greek mythology are real, all of the gods from, like, Asian, you know, like, Shinto, all of those things are real. They're just, you know, not as powerful as they are in, in their own individual religion. Okay, just to, I just did research because I was really curious. It is clarified that he's from like an unnamed homeland where presumably, you know, he is representative of his of his of his people that was destroyed uh, at some point. So he's like the last of his of his people. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I'll accept it. But it is strange. There's actually a backstory for those characters. <laughs> oh yeah, the, I mean, well, I mean, I'm not in the movie. Like, I mean, in no, the Marvel no, universe. Warriors three were just three Asgardian warriors who were famous. I oh yeah, they, they have like a... they have uh, relatively deep backgrounds that I know some some of. But um, getting back to the to the film, um, we basically what, speaking speaking of these characters. Early on, the, the the Warriors three show up, 
as sort of like um, as close allies of Thor and are pretty relevant to the fight scene that occurs when they basically restart an ancient Cold War. Um, what do they do up until they show up later in the movie? Do you have any re- recollection of what they're of up what to? They do. Yeah, they appear Nothing. to be eating. <laughs> if I recall, that's yeah, that's in the script. <laughs> the Warriors yeah, Three. There's, there's plus... a scene where they're talking about how much food he's eaten since God. Thor has been banished. Damn it! Like it's such a waste of screen time and of perfectly decent performances from these characters. I, I read that um, a character who plays uh, uh, Fondrel, uh, his name's Josh Dallas. He like read a lot of the comics and he watched a bunch of. Uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of the character, but old old swashbuckler movies. To kind of like get... Errol Flynn? Errol Flynn, who the character of uh, Fandral in the comics is sort of generally like inspired by. And I'm like, I would hope so, because they look a lot like yeah. If they're not inspired, uh, Errol Flynn needs to have a lawsuit. And I'm like, that's great, he did his work, but it's it's fruitless, you know? Yeah, because like a lot of effort from like the character in the background who like hands Odin a spear. <laughs> yeah! And you're just like, I appreciate the effort. I read I'm every Thor comic and every Journey in a Mystery. I know everything there is to know about Thor. And this is this is by the way, I I, I have God. no problem with those three actors no. or with Sif. It's the fact that they're put into the movie with literally nothing to do. They serve the purpose of being there only to let Thor know that Odin's not actually dead. Yeah. That's like that's, that's the it. only thing I can think of that they impart that's worth it. Because even in the final scene, they don't do anything. They don't stop the destroyer. They just get thrown into a couple of buildings till Thor runs up and dies. They don't need to be there for that. He's still going to let Loki kill him so that, you know, the he won't destroy Earth. So it's like, I, I don't really know if they were necessary, and it's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, so, what was it I was looking for? Oh, oh, um, there's a, we talked about the Hawkeye reference. There's also a reference to Bruce Banner in this, which is, um, I assume, to the Ed Norton because isn't that the one that was at this point the last existing Hulk movie before he was reintroduced as Mark Ruffalo? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's so strange because the it's weird to reference Bruce Banner because at this point people in the, who are Marvel fans are like I don't know who Bruce Banner is anymore because well yeah well they're like they're like Bruce Banner and you're like um so is there are those movies because like at the point they nobody knew if. Right, the, for that incredible Hulk. Movie, Do they count? Yeah, was that part of the MCU? And then, uh, like, what is weird is he's like he did some gamma research and some people came in and took care of it. It's like, um, that movie. It's well known that he becomes a giant monster. Yeah, like, we're all aware. If of it. you know that much about him, then you probably know why he disappeared. Not because he was researching gamma radiation, but because he becomes an unstoppable destruction machine. We hit a point in the third act where there's no conflict, I just wrote, and I remember realizing, where, you know, Thor is on Earth, he's showing um, Jane Foster, like, the planets, like you were just talking about earlier, uh, Loki's being a huge dick, uh, Odin's go- gone to sleep, the Frost Giants haven't done anything, there's no Destroyer yet, and I'm like, at this point, I'm like, what, 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 what is this movie hinging on at this point? Thor seems like he's cool with what's happening in his life. Like, Loki doesn't seem to give a shit about what Thor's doing. Odin's asleep. You know, I'm like, what What? What should I be caring about at this point yeah, in the and, movie? And then, like, 
the whole, I guess, like, I don't know. The whole thing is just, I, I just couldn't get, like, the Loki subplot of the movie. Well, that that brings me to another point uh, that I want to jump in on, which is, what is your thought on Loki in this movie? Now, obviously, we've said that the script is pretty weak, so we're not, like, riveted by a lot of the uh, uh, the character development. But in terms of, like, Tom Hiddleston doing Loki, I mean, he's pretty beloved now, thanks to the Avengers, because he's a pretty interesting villain in that movie. But... Do you think this was a movie enough to make Loki cool? I honestly I don't get the love affair with Loki. I don't understand it. Because I think I think Tom Hiddleston's performance in this movie, you know, at times sucks because he doesn't have a lot to do because he's just skulking around and pissed at, at Thor and there's some fights he's at the end where he gets to sort of be active. Um but there are some things I mentioned earlier, the one is that stands out in my head is when Odin explains Loki's background as actually being the son of um, of uh, King Lothi, uh, which was interesting, and also, again, from the Journey into Mystery, specifically, I believe, Volume 112? Yeah, 112, so like the 1964. Um, well, that's also the... I mean, that's that's North mythology. Loki is half Frost Giant. Is that real mythology? Yeah, yeah, he's really the... Oh, wow. Except for in Norse mythology, he that's knows cool. the whole time. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's he's given that information, and that's the scene that felt like this is the Hamlet director because Hopkins is doing this pretty decent performance of trying to tell him this hard information, being sort of crushed at his reaction when it dawns on him that what he's done is actually pretty fucked up, and then you know Tom Hiddleston is going like eleven on the performance here. He's he is like shaking with. He was fury. He is yelling, and he's doing so so much as 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 Anthony Hopkins like slips into Odin's sleep, which I think is honestly by itself a fucking great scene. And if you take out the part where he slips into the Odin sleep, because like he's just having a conversation, then all of a sudden it's just like ooh, uh, and then just is unconscious. You're like, wait, what? I thought you just had like gas or something. And it's true that they didn't that didn't really display correctly that what that's what that was happening. Like it looks like he just has a heart attack and dies. It reminds me of that also, scene from Gladiator where uh, in the very beginning, um, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't remember his name. The, the, Commodus? Yeah. Marcus Aurelius. Uh, 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 kills his father, basically, by suffocating him. Uh, yeah. Because he's furious with his decision. It's very much like that scene, except Loki isn't doing it. <laughs> he's just yeah. having, like, a slow heart attack instead. Um, and it really just looks like he's just like, ah. Uh... Yeah. And then what's weird is they're like, he went into the Odin sleep. It's like, um... None of us know what that is, fuckheads. Yeah. You never told us what it was. You didn't say he was making Thor the ruler because he was going to go into his Odin sleep. Also, he appears to have done this multiple times. Who ruled the kingdom while he was in Odin sleep last time? Because Thor knows about it, so it must have happened while he was alive. Uh, it was probably the whitest Asgardian. Yeah. <laughs> Idris Elba. Um, so, yeah, I, Tom Hiddleston, I think, lays a groundwork for his later Thor or his later Loki performance in Avengers, which I think is where people really like got to be like into Loki. Um, so it's decent here. <laughs> but at that point, I'm really kind of out of commentary on this movie. Besides the fact that, did you think that the, um, 
just the whole fight scene with the destroyer just felt like that scene in Superman 2 when the um when the uh the three characters that just show up and just walk through oh, that yeah, one town yeah. and fight it's one like, tank. It did almost look like the same town where I yeah. thought I really I, I having wa- having watched that recently I was like I think this is the same town <laughs> because it's that it's weird, the same set they never tore it down. It's that weird town where there's like six buildings and then nothing for miles. I'm like that's not how towns work. <laughs> I also love that they built the town in like a three block radius, but like in just one straight line with three roads coming off the dead end into nothing. Yeah, did you notice that when they show the wide shot of the city? The one road just goes off into the desert. It doesn't connect anything. The road just ends, and then it's desert. I'm like, really, guys? You think that's how people build cities? What's like, the... even if it is in the middle of nowhere, what's the... just make a road coming back to the other side. And what's, like, the main trade of that town? Like, it's full of loggers, and I'm like, fucking, you're in the desert. I don't... <laughs> I, I could not figure out what the fuck. I was like, why is they're this not, here? They're not And why miners. is it, like, an out-of-business, weird, like, 70s retro diner that she can rent out and live in? Like, what yeah. is that building that they're operating out of? Oh, yeah. It doesn't make any... And apparently there's a and, nearby university because they have a, an intern. Yeah. And what's crazy is, like, you see that building they're in, you're like, oh, it's like a down in luck, like an old prospecting town or something. And then they zoom out. And it's like, no, it's a very nice town. That it has a pet store. Well, so there's, not... like, 130 people in this fucking city, and they have a goddamn pet store? Yeah. Who's buying all the pets? <laughs> it's like one crazy cat lady keeping this dude in business. <laughs> Well, based on uh, Marvel's ingenuity with town names, as we discovered when listening to Hulk movie, where we discovered that, uh, <laughs> that, that Bruce grew up on Desert Base and then went to Desert University, uh, do you assume this is just like Sand Town? <laughs> like, what do you yeah, think? It's, <laughs> like, it's like Ghost Town, but with still people. <laughs> Population, a few. Welcome, welcome to Hot Village, where, <laughs> where it's hot all the time. Uh, three road, three road obelisks. Uh, Welcome to Pet Town. Our pet store keeps all of us in business. No one is shittier at naming shit than than the Marvel Universe and George Lucas. <laughs> Those are the True. two. George Lucas is so bad at it though. He likes to ruin good names that other people came up with. He yeah. just like wants to get. Rid of them. Yeah. Uh, just a couple things real quick. I wanted to say, like, did you think it was weird that like when Loki finds out he's adopted and Odin's like. I, you're my son, it doesn't matter. Like, he doesn't, he's not like he's immediately like, oh, yeah, you're a dirty frustrant. Like, why is he so mad? Because Odin's basically like, I love you. It doesn't matter that you're not my real son. I mean, it's You're good. my son. It's a good... He, he says all the right things. Like, a person should say is like, it doesn't matter who your dad is. I'm your dad. Like, I'm your father. Like, I'm not your biological father, but I raised you. So what does it matter? I love you. And, and But, like, Loki's reaction is if he's like, I'm adopted. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you're adopted, you worthless piece of shit. I mean, like, he goes overboard where it's just, I, it was just weird. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe he doesn't really go all the way because at the end he does want to save, he wants the dad to love him. So he's going to save his life and then destroy the Frost Giants. I don't know. The movie's not good. <laughs> but can we talk real quick? Anthony Hopkins, there is a great scene. When Anthony Hopkins comes back with them from Jotunheim, and he's very mad, and he's yelling at Thor, and he gets rid of the uh, the Warriors Three and Himdall, and he's yelling at Thor, and Loki goes to defend him, and like his, I don't know if you notice this, he's just like, Rah! like that's all he does. He doesn't say anything. He just makes this weird guttural growl, and Loki's just like. Okay. It's just so weird. He's like in the middle of this really big speech and Loki goes to talk and he just like grunts at him. It's so weird. But Anthony Hopkins is an American treasure. 
Although I'm not even sure if he's American. I think he is. <laughs> it's. I mean, I love Anthony Hopkins, but also give you another point. It's supposed to be suggest that Loki has like a grand plan here, and at times you can sort of infer one. Like, especially in the beginning, you can see that he's manipulating Thor by encouraging him to go to the Frost Giants and prove himself, and then uh, and then calling Odin in to get him in trouble. Like, he's definitely, like, making some things happen. But you're supposed to be given this grand plan that he's assembling, and it, it never at any point seems very complex or intelligent. You know what I mean? It seems like a dumb plan. Yeah. His plan is he wants to get the Frost Giants in, kill them, so that he'll have saved Odin. And then he wants to destroy Jotunheim so that Odin will like him. But before Odin fell into the Odin sleep, Odin's exact words were, I love you. So I'm not sure. <laughs> like, it's like he just wasn't listening when his dad was having the heart attack. He straight up says that, like, you know, you're my son. It's just very weird because I just feel like his reaction, Odin's reaction to Loki finding out, is a is a perfectly fine reaction, and Loki's then plan is just insane. He's trying to win the love of a man who cle- who seems to like him quite well. Yeah, it was just odd. Uh, la- last note for me is Loki's quote unquote death scene in this movie is one of the worst things put on celluloid. Uh, it's pretty dumb. The VFX team was definitely trying to get out by five when they got to this point because you know that final scene, which is ultimately pretty forgettable forgettable loki and thor having a uh, boring fight on the 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 bridge to the bifrost and there is a fun moment where where thor puts his hammer like paperweight style on loki's chest i did enjoy that but yeah and he can't get up yeah the noise though it makes you know it's heavy when he sets it down it's like yeah uh, (laughs) oh it's heavy it's it's heavy now but thor smashes the bridge and severs the connection to earth which is then is that, ever, is that addressed in the second movie at all? Uh, yeah, he has to do something to come back. And okay. it's also addressed, actually, in uh, Avengers. Loki asked him when Thor shows up, he said, what you know? What did Father have to do to get to be able to send you back to Earth? That's a good point. Yeah, it's right. just a throwaway line. They never do say <laughs> Right. But, but he smashes the bridge, and then there's a scene where Odin is... is um, serendipitously awake and ready to catch his sons um, as they dangle Thor and then Loki in, a, in that order, uh, you know, from his spear. And there's a there's so much room here for that Shakespearean moment to come back, for some speech from Odin, from Loki, about how he, you know, feels, his, like him expressing his true emotional vulnerability here as to why he is acting the way he is, why he is like a peek behind the Loki curtain. All Thor does, all Loki does is says, I, I did it for you, Dad. And his, yeah. Odin's like, nah. Yeah, his reply <laughs> makes, he's like, I did it for you. And he says, no. And it's like, what what do you mean no? That statement wasn't like one you can just negate by saying no. There are so many lines that you expect to come, like no, you did it for yourself, or yeah, he says no, and I was like, all right, here comes like an emotion. You did it for yourself, just... like you 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 don't understand what it is to be an Asgardian. Something to like break his heart. Yeah, yeah. So like, he like no, you you know you almost gave up our entire life, you know, for or something. Yeah, you don't belong here. There. Yeah, he, anything. He just says no, and Loki goes tomorrow. And then he lets go, which is inexplicable because Loki's 
a strong conniving, you know, mastermind. Yeah, it feels so, like he would try to like shot Thor with that spear that shoots energy. Kill energy earlier. Something, yeah. But he just slips off, and then like the worst VFX just sort of tracks a 2D Tom Hiddleston into like a black spot at the back of like the screen, and he just it goes, almost Ugh. it vaguely reminds me of when Ugh. Luke falls on Bespin. Yeah. Which was like in the er, like late seventies, and it's like I'm like this effect looks just as like the same, except for worse. Like <laughs> you've made a worse version of an effect before they had effects. Yeah, no, it's 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 super sketchy and and not super thrilling. And then yeah, that's the end. Loki's gone. We get a peek of him in the post credit sequence, and we know he returns for, you know, Thor to um, the unforgettable world, uh, and. Yeah, a movie which I do not remember any part of, I, honestly. I don't remember anything in that movie. Um, I, I remember that at the end, there's like a, a, a spaceship that looks like a really big seed, and it's destroying a city. That's all I remember. Well, we will get to that film, and you can certainly re-remember it. Maybe we won't. Too bad. <laughs> uh, that's our job here, folks. It's what we do on None of the Origin Story. And with that... Um, I'm done talking about Thor. Uh, do you have any any final moments or any any comments on recommending this to anyone? Uh, I mean, unless you're like a, a big Thor fan or like a Marvel completionist, I really just don't think it's worth watching. You, you get you get all you need of Thor in Avengers. You, I mean, his backstory is not that important. If you want to learn his backstory, actually just go read Norse mythology. It's much more enjoyable. Or go read the comics. I, just to point out, the last note I wrote, which I don't, I didn't have very many notes because it just felt like nothing was happening in this movie. But my last note was, end of the movie. Thor still not that likable. That's, that's what I wrote down. So I, I, I would, I just wouldn't recommend watching it. Would you? Uh, no, I, I think you nailed it there. Where if you are looking for to like to get more of the Marvel universe, or you are looking to to you know. Uh, piece together some of that cosmic world that we're building here with the mcu C- cool i mean y- you got that in there if you're looking for like a one-off movie to thoroughly enjoy it's certainly not this movie no no i i will say if you got the time and you're interested in comics i would really recommend reading it I, it's called uh the god bomb i think is the name of the graphic novel it has some of the best art that Marvel's done in decades. It's really recent, so you could find it. It'll still be in print. I'd recommend checking it out. It's a great story, and it's got everything you really want from Thor. A young, annoying Thor, the Thor that you love from comics, and then an old Thor who's the last living god. And it's it's a pretty great series, so I highly recommend that. As if you don't, Definitely do that over this movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it, that's written by uh, Jason Aaron, who's got an yeah. incredible lineage of books: uh, Punisher, Max, uh, some Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Star Wars. Shit and that I the guy like. who does the art, I want to say his name is Isad Rubik, I think. But it's like his art is like penciled and then painted over, and it's it's like the perfect art for a Thor series, and it's just a gorgeous book, and it's an amazing story. So, very cool. There you go. I'd recommend that. Uh, besides that, if you have any comments, corrections, statements, uh, if you'd like to recommend the next movie we should watch, post it at our Facebook at facebook.com slash NAOSpod. Any comments or questions we'll read on the next mini episode. And uh, we're all, if you if there's a movie you want to see, recommend it because me and Ben usually actually pick the movie 
right when we go to record the mini episode. We're, we're horrible at planning in advance. So if there's a movie you guys really want to see us do, let us know. Uh, wherever you listen to us, if you would tr- perhaps rate and you know write a review, that'd be awesome. And let your friends know that they should listen to this podcast because it's so good. Those are your exact words, please. Please use Do not deviate. No, and I need you to deliver it with as little (laughs) emphasis and personality as I just did. It's Uh, a really good podcast. As always, you can find me uh, at the Disco Pony, so look me up on Twitter. Uh, Other than that, we will see you next time for the mini-sode.